We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Coming to you for our first interview of the season in terms of our uh, preview coverage. So this is the More You Know segment, Raiders edition, featuring Mr. Evan Grote, who will join me now, who is the host of Just Pod Baby. Uh, Evan, thanks for taking the time to join me today. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Steve. I'm really looking forward to this game. It's a, a huge uh, week one divisional matchup for both teams, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly cannot remember the last time that there was this kind of uh, juice from both sides of the Chargers and Raiders in terms of an early season matchup. You know, I think there have certainly been times where the Chargers have kind of uh, exceeded expectations, Raiders as well. Um, but this this should be on paper kind of the best matchup that we've seen uh, between the Chargers and Raiders in quite some time. Obviously, last year was hard to top, but in terms of the top shelf talent that will be available in this game, I think it's uh, second to none in the history of this rivalry. Absolutely. And, you know, I was looking at the the entire week one NFL schedule just a couple of days ago, just trying to get a feel for some of the other games that I wanted to, to watch. And by far, this Raiders Chargers game stood out to me as definitely the marquee matchup uh, of the week. I think it's going to draw a lot of attention from, you know, fans outside of the Raiders and the Chargers fan base. Uh, it's going to get a lot of attention. And, and for good, for good reason, you mentioned um, a lot of the uh, hype both teams have, have, received this off season with all the moves that they've made. It's going to be a great game, but you did mention it's going to be hard to top that, that game from last season, that Epic game there that went in the Raiders favor. And uh, you know, unfortunately for chargers fans, they weren't able to get into the playoffs because of that loss. But uh, nonetheless, it was a great game. It was a great game. I don't know if you happened to uh, be there, but me and my co-host Tyler were there in the stands um, and just like one of the craziest atmospheres that I've ever been a part of in, you know, my life as a, a sports fan in general. So, uh, hopefully we get some more, uh, you know, electric chargers and Raiders games, uh, over the next few years as we kind of, you know, evolve down this next, uh, little path. So want to dive in here. I, I usually like to start with the quarterbacks and we'll certainly get to Derek Carr. Um, obviously the Raiders decided to clean house, uh, from the rich pistachia, John Gruden days. Um, now moving into Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham. Uh, what have the vibes been like throughout training camp in the preseason, summer, offseason, all that stuff in terms of uh, what Raiders fans are kind of expecting from the start of the Josh McDaniels era? 
yeah, the, the vibes have been really, really good. Um, honestly. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, um, talk about the emphasis that Josh McDaniels is, is putting on uh, attention to detail. Uh, this is a Raiders team that, you know, in years past ha- has, has been among the most penalized teams uh, in the NFL last year was no different. Um, so th- they, they've put a strong emphasis on that in training camp. Uh, they've even gone as far as making players take laps for, for, you know, mental errors and things like that. Uh, so that, that's really been the big talk coming out of training camp. And it's really shown up, uh, on the field in the preseason games, which I know is, is far from a, a, a real NFL game, uh, an actual regular season game, but, uh, they were, um, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but they were, they were, uh, one of the least penalized teams, uh, in the preseason and, and, and sometime many, many years and, and, uh, no turnovers in the preseason. The first time that the Raiders have done that in 10 years. So they're doing some of those little things that, uh, make a big difference, uh, less penalties, uh, protecting the ball on offense. And that all goes back to the philosophy, you know, that Josh McDaniels has kind of brought to this team now of, of, you know, focusing on details and, and taking care of the little things. Yeah. You know, I, I know that the chargers have, have certainly gone through an, a transformation in that regard as well. Um, the attention to detail is obviously something that goes a little uh, by the wayside in terms of casual viewing, viewing of the NFL, but I think it's something that's super important. Um, I'm just super curious, I guess, in terms of how McDaniels is kind of going to fit this offense to Derek Carr because he's Derek Carr has played in a lot of West Coast systems, I feel like, over the last few seasons. Um, obviously, that's kind of where John Gruden has his roots. Is it going to be very different, I guess, is my question here from what Derek Carr is kind of used to over the past few seasons? Well, I think there's going to be some similar similar things that we've seen in the past. I mean, I think, you know, John Gruden was a guy who – um, you know, the staple of his offenses were, you know, he wanted to establish a run game. And I, and I believe that's going to uh, carry over here now with, with Josh McDaniels. I mean, he kept five running backs on the mm-hmm. act of uh, on the act of 53. I'm not sure how many will be active for the game on Sunday, but, you know, that that is a big part of a Josh Jake, uh, excuse me, Josh McDaniels offense is, you know, establishing the run game and, and having that kind of, uh, you know, be the, the core of the offense. And if there is one thing that, you know, Raider fans know about Derek Carr, it's that he's been able to adapt to all the different play callers that he's had, you know, throughout his career with the Raiders, he's entering year nine. And I believe this is his seventh play caller that he's had in that short I time. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's been able to, he, he's, he's a, he's a football nerd really. I mean, he's, he's been around the game since a, as he was a young kid when his brother David was in the NFL. So right. he's a student of the game. He's a very smart quarterback. That's one of the, his best qualities is, is, you know, his, um, you know, his knowledge of the game and his ability to you know, read defenses and just understand what, what the coach is expecting him to do with the offense. So, um, you know, I don't worry too much about that transition because again, he, he has just shown us in the past that, um, you know, he's, he's never had an issue with adapting to a new coach and, and their offensive uh, philosophies. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts here because the, when you look at Derek Carr's contract, uh, on over the cap, obviously you see it, it's a bit of a unique contract. I was pretty surprised it wasn't more uh, guaranteed money in that contract. So how important do you think this season is for Derek Carr? Is this a, a possibility of the Raiders potentially moving on from him? Or is this um, kind of uh, not necessarily a prove it year, but he definitely still needs to be productive this season? 
You know, that's been a, a big conversation all throughout Derek Carr's career. I mean, he's he's a polarizing player for the Raider organization. It seems like the half of the fan base is in love with him, and then the other half <laughs> of the fan base, you know, doesn't know if he's he's the guy of the future. You know, when this new regime came in, Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels, um, they never really wavered in his support in, in their support for Derek okay. Carr. Um, I, I would be surprised to to see. Number one, I would be surprised if Derek Carr was not successful this year. I mean, he has all the weapons that he could ever want or ever need, and that has been one of the things that he's he's lacked um, in in the past. Is you know a true number one wide receiver. He now has that in his buddy Devontae Adams. So I, I fully expect Derek Carr to have a good season. So I, I'm not really that concerned, and I don't think other Raider fans are that concerned about you know next year. Um, because I, I just think he's, he's not going to give them any reason to, um, doubt whether or not he's the quarterback of the future. I, I would foresee him playing out the, the, you know, the length of this current contract. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I figured a lot of people, there's gonna be a lot of conversation around that after it was signed, but, um, you know, you mentioned the, the weapons, of course, you have to talk about Devonte Adams. Um, again, of course, want to get your thoughts here because we haven't really seen the new England offense be super friendly to an outside receiver really since randy moss was up there um i i believe that mick lombardi was one of the receivers coaches in green bay recently if i'm not mistaken uh feel free to correct me if i'm wrong there but um how are they kind of planning to use Devonte this year is it going to be pretty similar to what we've seen in green bay is it going to be more slot reps what what can we kind of expect from Devonte this season you know, that's a great question. And I'm not sure if I have a great answer for you on that because, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I haven't spent a ton of time studying, you know, the, the New England Patriots offense and, and how they like to use their receivers and whatnot. But I, I do know this. What I do know is this Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have a, have a long history together, a successful history together, going back to their days at Fresno State. And from everything that has been reported out of training camp, the combination has looked just as good. It's it's as good as advertised. Um, Adams has dominated uh, in in camp um, during joint practices with the uh, New England Patriots. He caught multiple long touchdowns, and and again the reports were just glowing. So um, I fully expect him to be a, a major part of this offense. I actually just drafted him <laughs> in my fantasy football draft last night with my eleventh uh, overall pick. Um, wow, so, he fell to 11. Yes, he did. He fell to 11. And Sheesh. so, you know, I didn't want to come off as a homer, but I, I had to take him when he was sitting there. No, at, 11. at that point, you have to. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, again, the, the chemistry is there. These guys um, work out. They've worked out in off seasons you know, ever since they came into the league together. So right. I, I'm not I don't think they're going to miss a beat. And I expect, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to put up the same kind of numbers he put up in Green Bay. Uh, there are some more mouths to feed here now with Hunter Renfro and and, and Darren Waller, but um, you know I'm expecting a, a pretty darn good season uh, from Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I think you know that chemistry is going to be super important this season. Um, you mentioned uh, Darren Waller, of course, the other mouths to feed, uh, potentially getting a, a, a new shiny contract over the next few days. Um, but I know he's also missed some uh, a, a large portion of training camp. Is there any concern? about where Waller fits into this offense or, or are you kind of expecting him to be same old Darren Waller over, over the course of the next couple of seasons? 
Yeah, you know, one thing Darren Waller has has in in the last couple of seasons prior to this one, he's really had to kind of shoulder the burden of, of being that number one receiver prior to Hunter right. Renfro's breakout last year. You know, he when people would say the Raiders don't have a, a number one wide receiver, they'd say, "Oh yeah, they do. They have Darren Waller." So, you know, he he has been a guy who's had a hundred catches, a thousand yards, um, seven plus touchdowns in a season. We know that he's capable of doing that. Um, I just don't think he's going to have to, you know, be that guy this year. Um, it, it's nice to have that option. Should you want to go there? I think he's going to have plenty of options um, to, to do some big things with, with Devonte Adams on the outside and, and Hunter Renfro, you know, um, in the slot. Um, but you know, I, I, I am, I would be lying if I told you, you know, there weren't some concerns. Um, you know, he did miss a lot of time. I'm not sure how much of that was related to the injury. In fact, the longer and longer he was out the more and more, it sounded like it was more contract related, um, than mm-hmm. it was injury. Just didn't want to take the risk of, of, you know, injuring himself further and then not having that security of that, you know, long-term contract guaranteed money, that things of that nature. Um, but you know, he's a great player. He keeps himself in great shape. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm expecting him to have a, a pretty good season as well. Yeah. I mean, now he doesn't have to worry about getting uh double teamed or have coverage shaded his way. Now he gets to play free, uh, because of Devonte. So it should be a good season. If you're a fantasy guy who was lucky to enough, lucky enough to have, uh, drafted it. Um, I'm a big fan of offensive linemen. Everybody on this show knows it. I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the Raiders offensive line um, and kind of where it stands, how concerned you are. I think, uh, you know, Colton Miller, one of the more underrated players in the league, in my opinion, fantastic left tackle. Um, how concerned are you about the other four spots along the offensive line um, as you kind of go through the season this year? Now, I just gave you all those positives about Darren Waller, <laughs> Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, and how I'm expecting great things from them. If there is one thing that could derail all of that, it's this offensive line. I have major concerns with the offensive line outside of Colton Miller, who you just mentioned at left tackle. It's something that I have talked about for months now on my podcast. I talked about it all season long last year, and, you know, I, I don't, I actually have less confidence in this year's offensive line than I did in last year's offensive line. Wow. Um, you know, you're going to be starting Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle. Who's kind of a, who's kind of been a bit of a journeyman um, throughout his career. Um, doesn't have a, a ton of starts under his belt, but he's going to be starting right tackle uh, in this game at right guard. It looks like it's going to be Lester Cotton senior, who is an undrafted free agent. I believe he came out in 2019, who has been on and off the Raiders practice squad. I think he's been cut three times this mm-hmm. year. He finally made the team. He looked good early in camp, but really kind of had some, some, um, you know, in the last, uh, two preseason games, he put some bad film out there was, was getting beat a lot. And he was out of practice just a couple days ago. They have a rookie, um, Dylan Parham, who uh, is from Memphis. He's the backup. He's like your swing guard and he also plays center. So I'm not sure if I'm assuming Lester Cotton is going to get the start at right tackle, but if he should have a setback, it'll be Donald Parham or um, Dylan Parham. I'm sorry. And uh, two parms in this game makes it it difficult, but you're talking about two right guards who have zero NFL starts. Then you move over to center. You have young Andre James, who was, uh, 
a starter only one season that was last year. And he kind of had a roller coaster of a season, kind of an up and down season for him as well. And then you move over to left, left guard. And it's another young guy, John Simpson, who I believe is entering his third year, if I'm not mistaken, you know, had a lot of penalties last year, you know, still kind of unpolished. So there, there's a lot of question marks. And I, I think if, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to, you know, key matchups later in this game, you know, that defensive line, for the Chargers versus the Raiders offensive line, it ha- has me very concerned in this game. Yeah, I um, that was our key match. We did our show yesterday. That was the one thing that I wanted to, uh, you know, in terms of the Chargers coming out on top, like the, the, this is absolutely a matchup that they have to take care of. So uh, we'll spin a, a more positive note now. I, I think the Chargers and the Raiders are both in similar boats in terms of uh, they acquired an, an aging pass rusher. A lot of people think that, the two pass rushers are are washed up, uh, that they don't have much left in the tank. Uh, what are you expecting from Chandler Jones this season as he gets to play opposite of Max Crosby this season? Yeah, I think I think they're definitely going to help each other out. Um, this is by far the best um, uh, bookend uh, defensive end that Max Crosby's had to team up with since he's been with the Raiders, and he's been pretty good without you know, with very little help, I should say, Um, you know, as far as Chandler Jones is concerned, you know, obviously I know there's a lot of excitement um, surrounding him and, and, you know, him coming over to the Raiders, but I would, I would point out, uh, and he's had a great career. So I'm not, you know, you know, I don't want to bad mouth him, but if you look at last season in week one, I believe it was versus Carolina. Maybe I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but he had five sacks. It was the in, Titans. Yeah. Tight Titans. Yeah. He had five sacks in one game. I think I'm pretty sure I don't have it here in front of me. He ended the season with 10 or 10 and a half sacks, which means he only had five, five and a half sacks over the course of the next 16 games. So, you know, I, I, I tend to look at that. Is, is he, you know, obviously I believe his, his best years are behind him. How much does he have left in the tank? And, and, you know, how much will Max Crosby help uh, Jones out as well? So, you know, I need to see it. I know, again, I know the fan base is excited, and, and I am too, but I want to see him, um, you know, w- without five sacks in one game, I want to see him have a, you know, a, a consistent season all year long. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think the conversation around Khalil Mack is – is uh been very similar to around, like I said, around the conversations for Chandler Jones. So uh we'll get one more position group here. I want to talk about this secondary, and then like you said, we'll I'll have just some general game questions here. Um this secondary, I think, is an interesting group because Anthony Averett comes from the Ravens, very man heavy uh focus. I mean, Rocky Sin comes from the Colts, a lot of cover two rally and tackle kind of um you know, processes under Matt Eberflus. Um, Patrick Graham does a lot of the old New England Patriots stuff, a lot of quarters, a lot of man coverage. How are you uh, kind, of, kind of thinking that this secondary will be able to come together in Patrick Graham's first season? Well, you know, I talked about the offensive line is, is one of my concerns. I, I've, I've, I've been on the secondary as well as one of my concerns. You know, I'm not totally sold on the secondary uh, especially on the back end at the safety positions, but I'll, I'll start with the cornerbacks. You mentioned uh, Rocky Sin, um, you know, excels in, in man coverage. He had it, he graded out really well at uh, Pro Football Focus last year, you know, in his man coverage. Um, you know, I, I, it looks like um, not a, a familiar name with with uh, casual NFL fans. It looks like Nate Hobbs is going to be the starting cornerback on the outside 
um, opposite really? of Rocky Sin. Yes, he's. If you look at the, the the depth chart, which I know these depth charts can be, <laughs> um, you know, a little deceiving. He's listed right. as uh, one of the starting cornerbacks, and uh, he he's had a great camp as well. He played the slot for yeah, the Raiders really last, good year, last year. He was and really was good. Excellent. Yes, had had a great rookie season. Um, Trayvon Mullen missed a lot of time in camp prior to them trading him. And because of that, Nate Hobbs was able to get some reps on the outside mm. and he really, really looked good, had some good battles against Devonte Adams. And I think that's part of what allowed the Raiders to feel confident in trading Trayvon Mullen away, knowing that they believe they have a, a star in Nate Hobbs. So I'm not so sure it'll be Anthony Averett starting on the outside. Um, I, I think, you know, People should get to know the name Nate Hobbs. I do think he has a bright future. Um, you know, he's a very physical corner. Uh, he's not afraid to come up and run support. He's good in coverage. Um, you know, he has great ball skills. So, you know, but but, but moving back to the back end of the of the secondary, um, I, I do like second year man Trayvon Merrig. Uh, he had a had a good rookie season, not a great rookie season. He didn't make a lot of mistakes, but he also didn't make a lot of big plays either. And that's what this defense really lax. They were um, uh, 29th in takeaways last year uh, with only 15. So I'd like to see him make some more big plays. That's something he was known to do in college. And then at um, a strong safety, it looks like it's going to be uh, Duran Harmon, who's comes over with Josh McDaniels um, from New England um, and not Jonathan Abram, who has been, you know, one of those two th- 2019 draft ri- draft picks who has mm-hmm. just not lived up to the expectations of a first round draft pick. So, you know, I'm a little concerned about the back end. I like Merrick. I'm not quite so you know, I'm not so sure about Harmon. I know he's a veteran and has experience in this defense, but, um, you know, I, I do have some current concerns with the secondary. So uh, I don't know if you guys have, have made these predictions or whatever, but uh, would Nate Hobbs be kind of your breakout player for the Raiders this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm not so sure it's, it's fair to call him a breakout because he he kind of broke out last year. Sure. But, I mean, nationally, I don't think a lot of people know him or maybe people outside of the you know fans of the AFC West who don't see him you know that often. So I, I do think he he should become more of a, as I said, a household name. I would not be surprised to see him become like a pro bowler this year. Um, I mean, that's how that's how much hype this guy has been getting um, throughout the preseason and throughout training camp. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, I have uh, I have already kept you longer than I, I said I would. So I apologize for that. But I do have uh, two more questions here and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um you know, we do key matchups on our show, like I said, and we always kind of frame it as, you know, if the Chargers are going to be successful, like what position group needs to have a good day? And and you can take that however you like, right? Um, we don't always do star players, right? But you could certainly uh, pick a star player. But if the Raiders are going to come out on top on Sunday, which position group needs to win their matchups the most on Sunday? Well, no, we just talked about the right tackle position, and 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 I talked to you a little bit about the Raiders secondary. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here, and I'm not necessarily going to give you a player, but I'm going to talk about the coach. I'm going to talk about okay. Josh McDaniels. I believe uh, because both of these head coaches, Brandon Staley and and Josh McDaniels, are are young coaches. You know, they're both young head coaches. It's been a while since Josh McDaniels has has been a head coach in the league. I think, you know, game management crucial decision-making. We know that Brandon Staley is a little bit unorthodox with his, you know, 
um, willingness to take risks on fourth down and, and things like that. So I think the coaches are going to play a crucial role in this game. I think it's going to be a close game and it, and it could come down to some game management. Um, but, but one area, especially that I think Josh McDaniels has to be really, really good in, in this game is inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. It's an area that the Raiders have struggled badly, especially under John Gruden last year. I have it right here in my notes in front of me. They were um, 29th in red zone touchdown scoring. Okay. 49%. That was 29th in the league. And that's just not good enough. Um, and, and if the Raiders want to get to where they want to be this year, which is, you know, in the playoffs and, and make a run, they got to improve in the red zone. And in big games like this, where, you know, points are going to be scored and you may have to, you know, obviously you want to outscore the game. It's going to be a high scoring game. You, you can't settle for three points. You got to get touchdowns. So I, I think Josh McDaniels and his play calling inside the red zone is a huge key matchup in this game. There we go. Lots of uh, great information there. I lied there. That was the last question. So, you know, there we go. Um, Evan, thanks so much for joining you. And where can uh, Chargers fans find your podcast if they want some uh, more in Raiders information outside of today? Yeah, so uh, you can find my podcast, uh, Just Pod Baby. It's a part of SB Nation the silver and black pride podcast network. So if you, if you searching, you know, if you all the major podcasting platforms, obviously if you search silver and black pride, uh, you subscribe to that network and you'll get my podcast along with a couple other uh, Raiders uh, podcasts. There we go. We've had uh, Marcus Johnson on the show a few times. Uh, of course, he's more of a, a contributor slash writer for silver and black pride. So um, always appreciate the good folks over at that network so evan thanks for joining me uh chargers fans this was the more you know raiders edition thanks so much we'll see you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.